You're listening to Beyond the Image, the podcast dedicated to helping you develop beyond the image in your creative career. Here's your host, photographer, public speaker, and business coach, James Patrick. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into our 21st episode of the Beyond the Image podcast. Have a really, really fun interview we're going to jump into today with creative director and producer Regan Rogerson. Um, we talk about so freaking much in this interview. We talk about the importance as a creative to solve your client's problems, how you stay hungry after having a great success, why you have to have a willingness to fail, how you learn from mistakes, how you balance your creative vision with the needs of your clients in the creative that you're that you're developing for them. Uh, we talk about the dangers of outsourcing branding. We talk about the need for passion, why you should never be reactive and always be proactive in your marketing, the importance of being unique, genuine, and authentic. Uh, the the importance of creativity, how it's how creativity is individuality, knowing your audience, knowing who is not your audience, and knowing what defines you. It is a jam packed interview with my good friend Regan. You are going to love this conversation that he and I have. Wanted to hit you guys with just a few really quick announcements. First off, wanted to thank everyone so much again for the support of my book, Fit Business Guide, The Workout Plan for Your Brand. We hit the Amazon bestseller list last week, and it skyrocketed since then. Uh, Want to thank all of you for your support of that. If you have not yet, you can click on through to Amazon. Check it out, Fit Business Guide, The Workout Plan for Your Brand. Also, if while you're clicking online, we would love, love, love your feedback, your five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. That helps get this podcast in front of more people. Please feel free to post. If you're listening to this show, share it. If you tag me at jpatrickphoto on Instagram, I will repost it. I want to hear from you guys about what you guys are going through, what your guys' questions are, how you want to grow your business in 2019. And if you want to have a personal conversation with me and we could talk about how to develop your marketing strategy, your sales strategy, enhance your branding, and get in front of more clients in the new year, drop me a line at jpatrickphoto on Instagram. James at jamespatrick is my email address. Drop me a line. Want to hear from you guys. Want to see what we can achieve together. All right. Enough from me. Thank you guys so much. And here's our interview with Regan Rogerson. All right. I'm excited. I got Regan Rogerson on the line how's it going buddy james how's it going it is going outstanding super excited to be able to connect with you on the beyond the image podcast now you've had a creative career that has spanned longer than a decade um you're you're a videographer you're a producer you're a creative director you've worn so many hats in your creative career uh but i know your original entry into video production and directing was was almost a almost a stumble as as you might say so i'm just kind of curious what what got you into the creative industry um yeah a stumble's a good way to put it um basically my my education is is uh broadcast journalism i, I was trained mm-hmm. in front of the camera um and uh while i was in school i i did take a little bit of an interest in behind the camera like they we dabbled in it a little bit um that entire time i was working in the fitness industry um every i'm, I'm a personal trainer uh at that time i was actually selling home gyms and 
when I got out of school, I, I again, you know, getting out of school in, in your early 20s and, and trying to find work in, in broadcasting is not not easy. So um, still had a regular job. And um, I, I remember mentioning one day, it was, it was the rise of the Bowflex at this time. And and one of the things that they, they were doing was they, they had DVDs that they were putting out with their gyms and they were claiming, you know, uh, 100 plus exercises, things like that. And then so I'd mentioned to my boss at the time about putting together like a little DVD just as a, as an addition to some of these gyms that we were selling. And the idea was actually frowned upon. It wasn't, they, there wasn't an interest. Um, I ended up doing this DVD myself and uh, just, just kind of as a little side project and didn't, didn't cost very much to do it. And uh, anyway, um, the, the DVD ended up selling a quarter million copies. The, the, the company whose gym I used purchased the rights to the video um, and I ended up getting royalty checks on this for about 14 years. So, you know, for a kid in his early 20s and seeing this, I, I kind of immediately realized that there's, there's an opportunity here, um, specifically in the fitness industry, to be doing, uh, you know, the production and distribution of fitness DVDs. So, I, the whole entire time I, I was trying to get out of the fitness industry and, and lo and behold, I fell back into it from a different area. And then I've kind of been involved in that almost exclusively ever since. You know, it's interesting to contrast uh, really, as you were saying, you were trying to work out of one industry while trying to focus on whether, whether it be broadcasting or some variation of broadcasting and instead, it was a homogenization of the two that was just that 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 kind of magic spark for you. So I'm I'm curious because like to have that insane success of selling a quarter million copies of the product you created was it? Do you think it was timing? Was it luck? Was it uh, just sheer talent on your part? What What do you think was kind of the secret recipe behind why that fired off so well right off the start? Um, I, honestly, a lot of it was luck. Um, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the big catalyst was the, the, um, the actual company purchasing the rights and the royalties. Um, aside from that, it was just kind of a work in progress. I mean, we, we were fortunate with, you know, I've always, I always say to my clients now that, you know, one of the reasons why, um, I'm good at what I do is not because I'm so smart. It's because I've made every single possible mistake along the way mm -hmm. that there is to make. And I'm going to try and avoid, keep you from, from doing that. Um, you know, we've, we've had major uh, distributors for our, our products and it didn't go well at all. Um, and then on the flip side, we've had, you know, smaller vendors online for DVDs that would buy, you know, a hundred or 200 at a time. Um, and we had a really lucrative business from that. Um, we've done, uh, you know, um, licensing agreements with companies and done very good business with that. But then, you know, a lot of people, when they, they get into this, their, their goal is, you know, I want to be in Walmart. I want to be in, in Indigo, uh, Barnes and Noble. Um, there's not a lot of money in that. And, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. And, and sometimes the, the, when, when you're trying, what's the framework, I think of how to say this, but people's end goal is exposure sometimes, but sometimes that exposure doesn't come with the financial rewards that you'd expect mm -hmm. it to. Whereas yep. going that, that kind of back road path um, can be very surprising as it was for me. 
I think so much of that regard, it, it, it kind of circles the intention behind what you're doing. And the most recent example I can relate to this is I came out with a book in September of last year. And January 1st of this year, the book hit Amazon's bestseller list. Oh, wow. That's something that, that I can, I now can wave that flag to say, I've created a bestselling book on Amazon. I am now a bestselling author. I, I would be stunned if any of my royalty checks from this book uh, pay for even my electric bill in a given month. Like it, it's, that's not why I create, I did not create this book for profit, I created this book with the, with the separate intention. This book is one to help my, my clients, to help my audience, but this book is also a key that helps give me access to whether it's getting onto podcasts or whether it's getting in front of a different client or whether it's opening a door that previously would not open. And now that the book is a bestseller, the key becomes a little bit bigger. So you were bringing up something and, and I want to dive into it. It's something that I'm, I'm kind of selfishly curious about when it comes to personal growth you fired off and you had a massive success right off the bat it is so easy for so many people to become complacent or to just rest on their laurels or to just ride that out for as long as they can possibly take it but that is not what you seem to do you stayed really hungry how does one like you stay hungry even after such a great success? Um, because it was one of the first big successes I ever had in, in terms of, you know, creating something from scratch that, that actually made sense and that actually worked. Um, with that being said, my, my hunger almost got me, uh, became counterproductive at one point because after shooting a smaller budget video and having great success, my immediate thoughts as uh, you know, somebody in his early twenties is, well, if I do a big budget video then I'm going to have even more success. Mm. And I found out very quickly that it doesn't work that way. Um, it's, it's interesting. Like, I mean, you know, when I, when I look at that journey of, of, of um, you know, producing this content, I've, I've literally done, you know, uh, fitness videos with budgets of, you know, 50 to a hundred thousand dollars and, and basically had them to be massive failures. Um, you know, I, I've affectionately refer to it as, as the water world of fitness DVDs I created at one point. <laughs> and, and then to end up paying for my, my loss in that, I actually converted a garage in my home into a small studio and I started firing out uh, small videos there and, and um, had great success. Because, I mean, the nice thing with doing these smaller productions is that your, your overhead is so low, your profit starts almost immediately. Um, and, and so, you know, and, and over time I've, I've kind of found that happy medium between, you know, uh, you know, big budget and small budget and, 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 you know, and that's kind of where I got into the niche of, of working with clients now and, and kind of helping them find their happy medium between what they think they need and what they actually need and, and, and kind of working within the confines of what they've got at their disposal. So that, that's the thing, like, I mean, for, for me, I've always been ambitious um, when I saw success with that, I definitely was going to see it through. Um, there were times where it, it definitely seemed like it, 
it wasn't the right decision to make. Um, but I mean, I, I think that's where you, where you grow from, you know, from the highs and the lows. You had posted something on your Instagram. It might've been a week or two ago. And for anyone interested, uh, uh, Regan's Instagram is Regan underscore Rogerson, which I'll, I'll definitely put in the show notes. And it was, um, it was just a, a quote tile with your company logo behind it, but it was talking about sell the problems that you're trying to solve. Um, in regards to like your focus and what you just said and in this Instagram post that you did a couple weeks ago was your job is to help the client achieve something, to help the client solve a problem. And so many service providers, particularly in the creative industry, ironically in the creative industry, focus on their product as opposed to what the product is intending to do. And is that something that you came to understand or came to realize that was important? Or was this something that from day one, you knew, hey, I'm here to solve a problem for someone else. I'm here to help someone else achieve a goal or a vision or a plan in their own business. So where, where did, I'm just curious where that, you know, that kind of lesson arrived in your own journey. Um that that lesson in particular i mean I, I think it relates to almost any industry but most definitely when when we're speaking about the fitness industry which is where i do a lot of my business um i've always felt that way and i think that's the one time where my background in fitness and as a trainer um has come in handy i mean up until a few months ago i owned a health club as well and um, i've actually taught boot camps and and had 30 to 40, you know, middle-aged women in these boot camps and, and got to work with them on a personal level. And I, I think oftentimes when it comes to, um, you know, the, the fitness industry can at times be um, somewhat vain. I, I don't mm. think anybody can deny that. Uh, and and uh, sometimes you forget that it's not about you. It's, it's mm. about the client. And, 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 and quite honestly, they, this sounds kind of uh, like a mean thing to say, but they don't really care that much about you. They care about their own problems. And I'm a big believer that, that fitness is an emotional sale. Yes. Um, it, it is an extension of healthcare and um, people are, are looking for solutions to their problems. They're not looking for product. Shifting the focus of what you're trying to do in service of someone else. And as, as a trainer or as a health club owner, that is the mentality of, you know, individuals are coming in here to achieve something and I'm here to help them on that. And in the creative field, it's not really much different. And I think one of the interesting struggles that creatives have, and it's, it's a balance, and I don't know if there's a perfect uh, 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 measure on this balance, which is, how to balance a creative vision because we as we as creatives we have our vision this is what we creatively see versus what is going to work for the client and i think that perhaps is the difference between like when i do a personal photo shoot like a personal project it is 100 percent driven by creative vision there's nothing else but yet when i shoot an ad campaign the number one barometer the number one measuring stick for myself is what is going to work for the client, and then I input my creative control onto that. But I, I only have so much before it starts to shift what works for the client. 
in, in 20, 2019 now, um, you know, people are, they're, they're looking for solutions to their problems. They're not looking for particular products, particular ingredients. They're looking for what works. They're looking for authenticity, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and I, I do think sometimes separating yourself from your brand or your service can be difficult, particularly in the fitness industry for some people. And it, it, could that be like a reason why a creative should still manage personal projects or personal work to keep that creative fire growing in them? I'm a big believer that, that no, like anytime I work with, with uh, my clients, I always kind of uh, reiterate the fact that they are the director. You know, mm. I can't step in and tell them exactly how their particular clientele what they want to hear, how they want to hear. I mean, I don't know that much about their particular brand. Everybody's brand is different. Mm-hmm. And anybody that tries to fully just um, source out their, their branding and marketing, um, I, I think it's, it's reckless and I, and I don't particularly think it works. And I don't think too many people would um, disagree with that, especially no. uh, smaller brands. Um, you know, my role when I, when I work with these people as a creative is helping them almost polish their, you know, that usually I get the initial idea of what they want to do. Um, you know, and I'm their person to bounce their ideas off, but I'm the person to help them kind of shape that and mold that into something that we can project onto video that will hopefully get them the return that they're looking for. Um, whether it be service or selling products or, or, um, you know, reaching out to a certain clientele of people. So I want to dive back into your own trajectory. Mm-hmm. As you were building your business, because you started off, you 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 had this this great success right off the bat. Then it came to, uh, as you said, you learned by all the mistakes you made, and that I I, I truly believe that's going to resonate with so many listeners who have gone through that, or or have not gone through that because they're afraid of what will happen should they make a mistake. Okay, and here we are. We're we're. 12 years, 13 years post when you had your big success. And you said you've made so many mistakes in developing your business, but yet you're still here. Your business is still on an upswing. You're still working on amazing projects and you're still advancing your career further than it had ever been previously. So what can you kind of say to like those creatives who are listening who might have a fear of, I'm so afraid to mess something up in this, in this path or in this journey. To me, there's two types of creatives. There's, there's natural artists and there's talented creatives. And Ooh. It, it, does that sound bad? <laughs> no, I love it. No, I, I never like, heard it phrased that way. And, and I'm writing that down. And this is not just creatives. This is, this is anyone who's trying to do anything on their own. They're afraid to step into it because of the fear of what is going to happen if I mess up? What if someone doesn't like this? What if it doesn't work? What if I don't have the support from my friends or family? Or what if people laugh at it? What if, what if it just gets no views? Or what if people just hate what I did? Or what if I mess up and I, and I lose everything? Like these are the thoughts that go through people's head before they go to launch something. And either they step into it, they make the mistake and they figure it out and they keep going like you did, or they, they just stay in that, you know, I, I was recording a podcast recently where it was a, you know, the, the discussion was people are always getting ready to get ready. They always stay in that prep mode instead of actually stepping into it and putting something out there. It, it's really hard to, to put yourself out there. Like, I mean, the, the, 
I can only speak from the perspective of a creative person, but there's no natural mold for it. Um, a lot of industries you get into there, there's kind of a template, you know, you learn how to do this and then you go out and do that. Being in, in, in creative services and, and, and uh, you know, film, like th those kind of genres, it's, it's very hard and, 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 and it does require passion. Uh, I've always mm -hmm. been a big believer of that. And I, I think the only advice that I can give to anybody is don't, don't act and react based on what you think the industry wants or what you think, um, uh, you know, it, it really is something where you have to go with your gut instinct. There, there's, there's, there's no natural mold for it. And if you don't have a passion for what you're working on, don't work on it. And that, that may seem like a, a bit of a bold statement, but you're not going to excel in an area creatively that you don't have a passion for. So you either have to find your passion for what you're working on, or you're, you're essentially working on the wrong thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. And, and it's, and it's again, and I think that's why a lot of creatives have a hard time working in corporate environments. Mm -hmm. Um, create creativity and structure do not go well together. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's essential. It has to be done, but it's, um, it's, it's difficult at times. And, and, and I think you really need to find, you know, whatever that thing is that gives you a passion for what you're working on. Otherwise, I think it's just kind of going through the motions and it becomes, um, it just becomes much more mundane mm -hmm. um, and, and, and antiquated. And, and, and I think in order for somebody to be at their best, they really need to find their passion for what they're working on. Um, that, that would be my biggest. Um, and, and I mean, that's certainly something I've learned. I've, I've been, I've worked in creative and, and higher capacities in corporate environments and I've worked creatively um, in smaller environments and environments that are just more designed for creativity. And I by far prefer the latter. Um, that's, that's just me. And, and, and I am somebody who's very much financially driven. Um, but I do find um, that you just, you need to create a, a, an environment that, that spawns creativity in order to really excel at what you do. I am a big proponent that you drew a line in the sand right there. And you and I are on the same side of that line where it frustrates me so much when I see creatives, because here's the thing, no one is forced into a creative career. No one is like being shackled to it saying you have to be a creative. We, every single one of us have chosen this career path. We've chosen this, this work that we want to do, this emotional labor that we, we invest ourselves in. And I, I, I really scratch my head anytime I come across the grumpy, disgruntled photographer or the cranky creative director in the sense of like, you chose to do this. This is, this is what you should be most passionate about. And I, just this morning, I was going through uh, my portfolio archives, my printed portfolio archives. The reason being is I was just, you know, finding images that maybe I want to bring back into my book or, you know, images I want to take out of my book. And I came across one of the earliest images I shot within the health and fitness industry. And it, it just reminded me, it reminded me what my intention was within the health and fitness industry, why I make the images I make, why I wanted to grow my career in this industry, what my creative vision was, what my intention was. And that lit me up this morning, be able to find that image. And, and you know, I, I ended up sharing it on Instagram. I was like, hey, this is, 
this is why this image still resonates with me after nearly a decade. Uh, even though it's maybe not the, the front image on my website anymore, this image tells a story to me of why I choose to do what I do. And you also brought up something else that, that I think is really, really, really important for creatives that are trying to grow their career. And you said, don't react based on what's happening in the industry. And so much of what happens in a creative field is reactionary. I'm going to put up a website and hope people see it and contact me. Well, that's reactive marketing. I'm just going to throw content up on Instagram and hope someone DMs me so I can get a job. That's reactive marketing. If you see something that's happening within an industry, like, oh, I need to jump on that right now because everyone else is jumping into that right now, that's getting your vision to react to just whatever you're seeing. And when I talk to some of the most successful artists and creators today, many of them actually will not look at their contemporaries work or what others within the industry are doing just to prevent themselves from being in that reaction mode. They might look at work that was created 50 years ago or you know, work in other genres or other industries for their inspiration or what fuels and motivates and inspires them, but they won't look within their own industry just to prevent that reaction mode. Absolutely. I mean, I've gone through that. I've, I've taken over positions where I, my, my first thought was, was, you know, person X has gone far to the left. I'm going right, whether I like it or not. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just looking back. I was taking notes as you were talking there, like the, the, uh, the reactive marketing comments you had made. I see that a lot. Um, you know, especially in industry marketing where, you know, if, if, a competitor is doing something a certain way, then, you know, oh, well, we should do it that way as well. Mm -hmm. um, I always think of it like so much marketing takes place digitally now. And it's not the same as, as in the days of television where you had two minutes of commercials. And if you're not, you know, taking a leak, you're sitting through those commercials if you want to watch the rest of your show. Um, yep. Today, people are like just inundated with marketing constantly. And... You know, you think of something simple like a Facebook news feed. If you're not capturing their attention, like, I mean, you know yourself, I'm sure, scrolling on your phone, going down your news feed, you're flying. And it's going to take an awfully pretty picture or an awfully in-your-face photo or something to make you stop in your tracks. Not, not only just to stop and see that, but also to look at this versus what's above it and what's below it. There, there's so much content out there. And, you know, it, it's you need to be unique. You need to be genuine. You need to be authentic. And, and to, to react to what anybody else is doing in the industry is, is not creative. It's, it's, it's copycatting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, creative is individuality, uh, in, 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 in my opinion. Um, and you need to constantly be, be finding ways to, to reinvent, to, to, um, you know, tell stories, to, to capture the, the attention, the imagination of your audience. And, if you're not, you're not really relevant. Um, you know, that, that's, that's my opinion. You know, if, if you, any, any sitcom or any TV show that you watch, if, if each episode focused on the same character and told the same story every single week, then you've watched it once you've, you're, you've seen everything. Mm -hmm. um, they need to tell a different story every week. And, and I think it's the same thing for, for marketing for advertising and, and for, for your own brand. You, you need to be telling, the story of your brand and it's not something you can do in 
in one shoot or it's something you you know it's something you're doing every single day yes and 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 if you slow down then you start falling behind the second you slow down and it's i think people sometimes uh you know again i'll, I'll revert back to the fitness industry to you know trainers and people that are trying to brand fitness businesses they look at their their instagram and their facebook and things like that is secondary to their service in a way which essentially it is but it requires more than you know a a selfie um you know, like there there needs to be there needs to be a reason for it there needs to be like you know a, a rhyme and reason and and i think it, it's not something where you have to obsess over it um i think people should have fun with their social media the the entire portal is meant to be fun um but i think you have to have a strategy in mind mm-hmm. um, and it's not a matter of well i got to make sure i get 150 likes a day um you know that way i'm branding and that makes me an influencer no it doesn't you know like you it's much more than that and 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 um i see people that are starting to get it now i still see a lot of people particularly in the industry we're discussing that don't get it mm-hmm. um but in 2019 with with uh you know the the push now for more video more co- i mean it's you got to start taking this stuff seriously otherwise you will fall behind very quickly it's it's um i think in the past there's been a lot of shortcuts people could take um you know buying likes, buying fans, buying, um, a lot of that stuff's coming to an end. I'm yeah. already seeing it come to an end. A lot of these big um, platforms are starting to come down on that. And, uh, you know, you need to prepare for that. If you, if you want to be competitive and, and, and in your industry, you, you really need to um, start thinking about exactly what you're trying to say, not just throwing stuff at the wall every single day to see what gets attention. Mm-hmm. There was um, this interesting concept in Seth Godin's new book, This Is Marketing, where instead of encouraging readers to grow their product to the biggest market possible, expanding their reach, the encouragement in the book is to find the most minimum viable audience that you need. What is the minimum viable audience? The minimum audience is one. You know, that's, that's, you can't, you can't have less than one and still have an audience, but what is the minimum viable audience that you can have to tell your story? And the reason the book encourages that is, so it's not only, you know, what your story is, you know, who your story's for, because knowing who your audience is, is just as important as knowing what work you are trying to create, because you need to be able to say, I create this for this, this audience. And it's not for them over there. They don't need it. And, and, I, and I love that you brought up like so many people buying fake followers on Instagram and, you know, Facebook. And, I, and I've seen it happen where Facebook changes an algorithm, deletes fake accounts, and someone's Facebook following will go from, you know, 270,000 to 20,000. It's like, that makes you look so terrible. Yeah. That makes you look so bad. And, and just like, for what? For what? Just, just so you can look like you're an influencer? What it comes back to what you said, what is your story? And I really truly believe if people aren't asked themselves this, like my background, you were a broadcast journalist, I was, I was actually a writer, um, uh, doing reporting as a journalist in college. That was what I did before getting into photography. And we developed our brand, we developed what we had to say by constantly writing, 
by constantly putting, whether it's pen to paper or, or uh, hitting the keys on, on a laptop or, or a keyboard to develop a language, a style, a brand of how we wrote. And every writer I worked with had a different style, a different approach. And there would be, much like a photographer, there'd be reasons why one writer would get one assignment and another writer would get another. It's because of what we had to say. And what it comes down to is we are defined by our edges. And our edges are, this is what I do. This is who I do it for. That is a defining edge. And sometimes creatives will shave off their edges to try to appease more people. Well, I don't want to seem too, you know, too in this one camp. So I'm just going to shave that edge just a little bit. You know, let's, uh, an example I'd be is like stylistically, you know, let's just say stylistically, I do creative uh, fitness and athletic portraiture, but I also do family portraits, but I also will photograph dogs, but I also will do architectural photos, but I also will do beauty, but I also will do fashion, but I also will shoot events. And now there's nothing to define me. I have no edges, okay? Not to say that I can't do all this other work, but it's what I'm showing, it's what I'm saying. It's like, once again, here is my story. And that story needs to live throughout Every message I post, everything I share, whether it's an Instagram post or a blog post or a video or even a podcast, what is my message? Who am I? What do I stand for? And what am I trying to communicate to whom? And you've done so good of that in your own career about controlling your vision, controlling what it is, the work you want to be doing. So I'm curious, you know, what... Now that you're you're really ramping up your 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 digital agency 208 Inc., what do you want to be working on next? What would be your creative intentions for the new year and where you want to go with with your own work and with your agency? Um, something that I haven't had the opportunity to do over the past few years that I'm 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 doing a lot more now is is uh, taking chances. Um, mm -hmm. I've always been a very big believer in. 70 2010 rule when it comes to marketing and branding um you know 70 percent is is kind of your, your your bread and butter and the things that you know have been consistent and that that make you money and that you know are going to be successful um you know then there's the 20 percent that's a little more like moderately risky um kind of appealing to new audiences and then 10 percent is hard risky you know really going out there and trying new things um I'm kind of changing that model this year. Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I've, I'm able to do more of the 10%, um, try new things. Cause I, I, I just think now that there's, there's so many opportunities in, in digital marketing and branding um, in order for me to best serve my clients. I need to find out not where we are, but where we're going. And the only way to do that is to be, is to be, you know, first person to get there. Um, so, you know, we're trying a lot of things where we're, um, we're doing a lot of work with YouTube, um, you know, trying to figure out that algorithm, what, what works, what doesn't. And I still have yet to figure it out. So don't ask. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, just kind of, I, I literally am kind of throwing things at the wall a little bit. I mean, we'll, we'll always have our, you know, our structured, uh, uh presentation for, for ourselves and for our clients, but we're really going to try and do some new things, appeal to new audiences, um, you know, trying to appeal to millennials is, you know, is a big thing right now that a lot of companies are trying to do and, uh, it's not easy and, and, and trying to get their attention and hold their attention. And, 
so trying a few new things to appeal to to that demo um, and just having fun with it um, you know I, I spent a few years in, in a more corporate environment and, and I learned a great deal from that um, but when you're in a corporate environment there's a job to do and you need to get that job done and it's it's much more structured and I'm, I'm I'm kind of happy to be out of that structure now where I can just kind of be a little bit more reckless um, and just try some new things and just kind of see what works. So that's my, my personal focus this year is, is um, you know, the agency is a big thing for us. We've, we've got in-house studios, so we're going to be able to produce a lot of content in-house um, uh, doing some more traveling. I've got, I've got shoots coming up in, in New York and in, in Los Angeles, possibly heading down your way. Um, you know, and just trying to um, work with new people, uh, try new things and, and, and just really kind of branch out and, and, and grow. That, that's really the, the focus for 2019 for us. I, I, what you said that resonated with me is you still have a curiosity. Like, I mean, you're 10 plus years into your career and you still are curious to try things, still are curious to push into areas that are unfamiliar or maybe perhaps even uncomfortable. And I truly believe curiosity is one of the most amazing traits and not just a creative, any, any entrepreneur can have is to be curious about what would happen if and then to go and see and try it out. So, so I, my hat is off to you on that. And I'm so excited about everything that you're working on right now, the growth of Tua Inc. And uh, for my last question for you, we asked this on, of, of all of our guests. So the show is called Beyond the Image. And the reason I titled the show Beyond the Image is Beyond the Image was a personal mantra we would have within my creative team whenever we would go and take on a project one of the questions we asked before the project went underway is how can we develop beyond the image? And sometimes developing beyond the image meant providing services that weren't necessarily taking a photo, like, okay, well, we can do location scouting, talent scouting, we can provide hair and makeup. If they need video, we can source video. If they need graphic design, let's find a graphic designer. Uh, perhaps it meant doing something that the client wasn't expecting, something extra, something bonus. You know, nothing feels more rewarding to me than when I create something the client was not expecting and give that to them as in addition. Here's a bonus, here's something I saw, and then the client loves it and ends up running with with whatever that was like that is for me that's developing beyond the image so the question that we ask all of our guests is what does beyond the image mean to you within the context of your career I think to me beyond the image is is just being different um, mm -hmm. you know being different being authentic in 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 what we do um, there's a lot of people that do it there's a lot of templates for how to do it and I think being that person that finds new ways and that that evolves um those are the people that are going to excel and and that's really where i want to be and and i'm i'm thick-skinned enough to know that there's going to be a lot of failures along the way um but but beyond the image to me is is to be constantly evolving and to be when i do a shoot with a client i want to uh i want it to feel different than than anything they've done in the past i want the um I want the product that we that we uh, developed together to be different than anything they've ever done. I, I, I very much like being different, and I do feel that it's an essential ingredient in, in success as a creative. And and you know to to carve your own niche and and, and to really be a, a, a just a, just a different entity and 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 to be 
more of a, like you'd refer to reactive marketing before. And, and I like to be proactive in my marketing. I, I'd, I'd like to be ahead of the game and, and um, to be more of a trailblazer than, than, than a template follower, I guess. I love that. That, <laughs> that, that highly resonates with me. Well, Regan, thank you so much for being a part of this episode, for taking the time to, to share a little bit about your journey and your vision. So I know we had plugged your Instagram, Regan underscore Rogerson. Is there anywhere else people can go to find you and the work you're doing? Our uh, website is basically being revamped right now. So if awesome. you, the website's www.208inc.com. It's going to, it's going to probably, um, bounce you to our Facebook page. Um, also on YouTube at, um, I believe it's www.youtube.com slash channel 208. If I'm channel, not it is channel 208. Yep. Yeah. Um, you can find us on there. Instagram, as you said, Regan underscore Rogerson. That's where I'll do a lot of behind the scenes stuff for shoots. And uh, those would probably be the primary places. Awesome. I will put those links in the show notes. And Regan, once again, on behalf of all the listeners of Beyond the Image, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you, James. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Image. For more information on James Patrick's work and live events, please visit jamespatrick.com or jamespatrickworkshops.com.